0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Welcome to the RoadWire Prospect Podcast. I'm your host, James Anderson. Uh, Fortunate to be joined this week by Nate Handy, uh, who... Is doing some really awesome work on pitching prospects for Pitcher List. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter at pitching specs. And Nate, uh, really appreciate you taking the time to join me. How you doing?
2: Oh, I'm, I'm doing all right. Thank you for thanks for having me, and and thanks for always uh, appreciating and supporting supporting my work. Um, and and I apologies to your listeners if I. Sound like uh, John C. Riley with a clothespin on my nose. Uh, I went on. I went on uh, Welsh's podcast. Who has been sick on and off for I don't know. He says since December. And what do you know? I got some crud. So maybe I should be wearing a mask here. I don't know. Have you been exposed to the Welsh virus? Uh, lately? <laughs> uh, no, I. I
1: unfortunately haven't seen Welsh in in, uh, in a while. But um, no, I, I listened to that episode. That was that was great. Uh, I don't think we're going to be doing too much uh, crossover, if if any at all. So, uh, yeah. you know, first, I just want to kind of say just how impressive like the the work you've been doing is over at Pitcher List. Uh, I think it's such a kind of crowded space right now in terms of analyzing prospects uh, for fantasy, and uh, I think that you. I mean, you did something that anyone really could have done this if they were willing to sort of take the time and have the passion for it. Uh, But I think you really kind of found an area that was, nobody was really doing what you're doing right now uh, in terms of analyzing full starts of minor league pitchers. I think you're sort of the uh, preeminent uh, pitching prospect video scout in the public space right now. Uh, do you want to kind of just tell the listeners sort of exactly what you've been doing all season long? Uh, the article that you re- release once a week and what all goes into that.
2: Yeah, sure. Well, thank you. Some some kind words there. Um, I think, like you said, I mean, I'm anyone can do what I'm doing if you if you put the time in. Uh, just not everyone has the time like I do. To uh to watch a watch a guy pitch a game and and sort of share some observations about it, um, I try to cut up videos and uh, share observations because a lot of the stuff that I try to I don't know shed some light on or learn about um, is is somewhat part of of a conversation with pitching prospects that I think um, you know might be overall just lacking a little bit you know because it is harder to get. And you know how a guy is executing his pitches from outing to outing and which pitches are there for him outing to outing and stuff like that. I mean, you can't really look at a spreadsheet to get an idea of some of that. Um, So, yeah, so what I've been doing is uh, I I watch uh, anywhere from one to four outings a a day and put out a weekly article on, you know, just what I saw. And that drops on Monday mornings uh, on List. Yeah, and so – like every week,
1: you're, every week you're you know you're watching starts on half dozen or so pitching prospects who, and I think what what's really cool is, you know, it's not like you're just like, I watch Daniel Espino and Grayson Rodriguez, and here's what I think about yeah. them. You know, like you're like if I ever have like a question about a pitching prospect that there isn't any sort of public uh, scouting data on, I'll be like. Nate, have you like watched this guy yet? And um, because there's just, it's just kind of the nature of pitching prospects where there are guys that are just going to pop up that are available in every single dynasty league that pop up every year and can be um, big risers on prospect rankings that people maybe didn't know anything about uh, three weeks ago. And then all of a sudden people are just pumping them up all over Twitter and stuff. And, and you've, Kind of been uh, leading the charge on on some of my favorite guys from like the past year, you know Reed Detmers, uh, Aaron Ashby, uh, Josh Winder, uh, Caleb Killian. So, like I think just sort of when you put this time in, uh, you're just naturally going to kind of notice things when you're watching these guys start, sort of before a lot of the the public uh, sort of catches up. And so I just think it's it's really valuable uh, what you're doing, and I think people need to be paying attention over at at PitcherList right now.
2: Oh, well, well, thanks. You know, it's um, I have a my guy Justin Filto, uh, I think that's how you say his last name over at PitcherList built me this awesome tool that spits out um, on a daily basis all of the the lines, you know, of, of a starting outing or an extended uh, relief outing. And, you know, there's anywhere from 145 to 180 of those a day. And I'll kind of peruse, you know, I'll have sort of a premeditated schedule of what I kind of want to watch, but I'll also look at that and just if something pops, try to look at it. Um, but my point is the, the sea is so vast and large and there is so much to watch. I mean, I'm, I'm watching four out of 150 a day, you know, um, but just trying to, you know, trying to explore a little bit. And there's a lot of talented guys and pitching can, you know, it can change. It it can be kind of fickle and sensitive and, you know, a little tweak here, uh, a new pitch there um, can can change a lot for guys, which is what makes it kind of fun for me.
1: Yeah. It's just, it's so much different to me than, than, uh, analyzing hitting prospects. Like I think you can, uh, honestly for a lot of hitting prospects i think you can sort of scout them by just looking at the the stats mm-hmm. um, and if you have enough data on a guy it's going to tell you a lot uh and with pitchers you there really is a lot to be gained from just watching a guy uh seeing how the stuff plays um because we don't we don't have um, as much data on these guys as we do with the big leaguers, obviously. Uh, I do, I do, before we get to like a lot of these sort of, uh, diamonds in the rough, uh, or, or just some of the bigger name, uh, guys still in the minors. Um, let's talk about Reed Detmers. I mean, uh, no yeah. hitter yesterday. Uh, he's a guy that, uh, you and I were both very, very high on, uh, after last season. And, uh, honestly, I, am still a little concerned because I feel like the curveball and slider just aren't getting the whiffs that I was expecting them to get this season, mm-hmm. but he is doing some stuff quite well. I, you know, I think you could watch that, that no hitter and see that uh, there were a lot of uncomfortable swings from those yeah. raised hitters. Uh, he has been really good at, at limiting hits this year. Uh, has a 165 batting average against you know i don't i don't think it's going to stay that low but are you concerned at all i guess we could talk about the the no hitter too if you want but just yeah. uh, what have you seen kind of on the good side and maybe on the slightly concerning side with detmer so far this season compared to what
2: he showed last year yeah um well concerning um, I, I want to loo- use a little loosely, but I, I kind of thought um, the slider would maybe uh, come along a little bit more, maybe have some better results with that. Um, but what I love about Detmers and why I valued him in a dynasty sense is I really like the foundation of, of his skills and who he is along his um, amateur career and continuing on into his major league career. Now he's a guy who's a, uh, uh, stuff has always kind of been questioned, you know, and he's always kind of answered that that bell. Um, but the the foundation of being able to uh, execute pitches, um, even some of the new stuff and when his when his you know his fastball ticked up, I consider that a new pitch. and being able to uh, you know command that uh, rather quickly uh, is, is kind of where I base my value in Detmers. I you know all these guys, you're going to have to make adjustments. You're going to learn things about your craft along the way. I mean, you look at the you know the history of baseball. Some of the best pitchers of all time didn't really find their big weapon until they got to the bigs. And so my bet on Detmers is that he is um, a crafter like that, and he's going to figure it out. And I like his chances of having a long, sustainable career as a starting pitcher.
1: Yeah, he is very crafty. Uh... He is very good at, like, one of the first things I noticed with him uh, when I was analyzing him uh, as a draft prospect was just how good he is at changing eye levels with hitters. And there's there seems to sort of be a purpose to every pitch he's throwing uh, and how the next pitch is going to play off of that. And uh, he's yeah. pretty advanced at that. I mean, right, like, this is a guy that was drafted in 2020 – and he just threw a no hitter in the big leagues right. in the year 2022. So, right, uh, right. A I good,
2: am good. First year player draft steal there.
1: Oh yeah, uh, absolutely. And I mean, I I do still have in today's game. I still think missing bats is the yeah. number one thing. Um, well, you know, I, command and control with with missing bats i think those are still like the two biggest things and right
2: that's that's what you want to find right those those are the the holy grails the the guys who can mix both those things that's when you get you know your real juice and so i guess i don't know what to expect from the the
1: two breaking balls over the rest of the season like because it it's still early it's only been six starts for him uh yeah it wouldn't be crazy if all of a sudden you know he's getting uh a, a bit better feel for those those breaking balls and and landing them a bit better and
2: the the change up was a, was a thing last night
1: yeah that was yep nice to see and that was keeping that was part of why those a lot of those swings just looked really uh ugly yeah. and uncomfortable uh guys just the timing was just way off um on a yeah. lot of those swings Um uh, yeah. but i do think you know for him to be uh you know command control crafty guys that's that's great uh, i do think there is another level and i'm just not sure, sure. if that'll be something he he achieves this year <clears throat> with those cuz the the slider and the curveball last year in the in the minors and even in the majors even when he was struggling in the majors uh they were they were with machines and so yeah. he he has to if he can regain uh, what he was getting from those pitches last season
2: all the other pieces are here, I think for him to, yeah. You know, and um, part of like the off season thing that I did is, uh, and, you know, just recently in my dynasty playing uh, philosophy, if you will, I'm kind of, kind of shifting gears a little bit with pitching stuff in that, you know, in- innings pitched is starting to become just as valuable to me as, as, as strikeouts. And, uh, I'm really trying to get after and identify traits and things um, that I think will, will you know, lead towards long, sustainable careers as a starter. Um, so I don't want to use like crafty, you know, that might have like a negative connotation, but uh, I, I, I don't really see it too much that way. But you're, but you're right. If he's going to become an elite, you know, fantasy asset, he's got to get swing and miss. Well,
1: efficiency. Like right. pitch efficiency, I think that yes. that's something that Detmers can excel in. So, mm-hmm. uh, and I mean, like uh, to to your point, like I think uh, like Sandy Alcantara's there's there's almost been too much of a backswing against him uh, in some circles this year because he's not striking out a batter per inning. Uh, but right. I I love the fact that I can just bank on this guy for a ton of innings. And really good ratios, and uh, maybe he's not gonna get me two hundred and thirty strikeouts. But it's just it's a rare breed these days where you just know he's going six innings almost every single time right. out, and, and sometimes seven or eight.
2: Right, right. You know, it, it makes me wonder. And uh, like, what if you put like prime Mark Burley into today's fantasy landscape? He'd have so much <laughs> more value than he did, you know, during his time.
1: Yeah, yeah, uh totally. Because it wasn't it wasn't a rarity to have your starter go yeah. six plus innings. Um, yeah, I mean,
2: he was thirty starts, two hundred plus innings every year. You know, uh, another guy who definitely I,
1: it, it's a it's a good sort of segue because I think the one knock on George Kirby for me is just can he be that guy? Can he be a 180 yeah. inning guy uh, because he hasn't obviously hasn't come close to that yet, but uh still early in his career. Uh, he was drafted a year before Reed Detmers and he just made his big league debut uh, on Sunday. And, it, you know, he was basically as good as I expected him to be. Like there's to me, there's no concerns with George Kirby from a stuff command any of that like I just think he's uh plug and play right away um is is that your take on it as well like where it's just sort of can he handle a true starters workload or do you have any other um small concerns with Kirby
2: no yeah um I probably wasn't you know the highest guy on Kirby coming into this season um but like you said I think my my biggest concern was more of a of a horsepower concern and I know he had you know, he had some injuries last year or injury or whatever, but when I watched him, um, it was more, you know, and there was other guys with some shoulder stuff and whatever, but he was kind of felt different to me because through the course of an outing, when he started to get up in pitch counts or whatever, everything, everything would just kind of tail off and, and get, you know, more loose and less velocity. Uh, so that, that was a concern, you know, Uh And I, and I know he gets lauded for having, you know, plus command. um, But when he got like that, I didn't really, I wasn't really that impressed with it. So yeah. um, If you can prove to, you know, sustain, uh, I think that's going to be a, you know, a chance for a really great asset, but I was just a little standoffish.
1: Yeah. It, I'm very encouraged at least this year that he had been on a more normal starters schedule (laughs) because last year, they really uh, kind of had the training wheels on with him. You know, it was six days, seven days in between some starts, and that was with there being some shutdown periods due to nagging arm stuff. So uh-huh. the fact that this year it's been mostly a normal starter's schedule or at least the type of schedule you'd expect most uh, upper-level pitching prospects to be on, that's encouraging that, he, that he's yeah. at least been on that schedule and, and held up through those uh, six starts yeah very much okay uh let's move to some of the guys who uh have yet to make their debuts but uh we'll we'll kind of go in almost descending order of how much i think people are going to freak out on them in fab once they do get the call uh max meyer kind of seems to be someone who's become a a household name, even among people who don't play dynasty and don't even necessarily follow the draft. Like everyone's sort of aware of the fact that Max Meyer would be an upgrade over Eliezer Hernandez in the Marlins rotation. Uh, What's your uh, take on, on Max Meyer and just sort of uh, the the upside this season and, and maybe how safe you, view them?
2: Yeah. So, you know, I think, from a from a developmental standpoint, I've watched a few outings this year. Um, I don't really see I don't really see like anything new going on right now. You know, like I think it's just okay. This is going to be it. This this will be the you know introductory Max Meyer to the big big leagues. So in that aspect, I'm like, well, let's go pretty soon here. Let's let's see what it's like. Um, over, overall, he's, I have to admit, he's, he's somewhat of the profile. He is kind of the profile that I'm trying to steer away from a little bit more, value a little bit less. Um, you know, one or, but there's a caveat with him. But one or two, you know, one or two plus pitches thrown up there loosely towards the plate can put up some like really impressive minor league numbers. But I mean, we just recently saw with Matt Brash how, you know, that doesn't really equate to the majors all that well. Um, but one one difference I think is I, I think I do see Meyer trying to split the plate. He can he shows with his fastball and, and that killer slider, that especially against lefties. He's just going to drill you inside with those two pitches over and over, and these guys barely have a chance. Um, so I think there's there's more pitching going on, going on with Meyer than there was Brash, and I had them very differently, and got questioned about that. It was very very fair questions, and I had to think about that quite a bit. Um, so he's not so much the profile that I'm like really kind of after, so to speak, but, but I do, but I, but I do like his chances to sort of be more on the sort of cheat code end of the spectrum and just dominate some guys with, with a couple of big pitches. And, and the changeup does um he does like to bring that out later in, in the outings. And I think, I think there's some potential there with that pitch as well.
1: How big of a, gap do you think there is between
2: meyer and brash from a command standpoint um i mean i think it's significant uh i don't think meyer is like you know he's he's not i wouldn't call him like a poster child um but there there are outings that it gets loose and he's spiking a lot of sliders and whatever but um when he's got it, it's, I think it's pretty good. It just, you know, splitting plate in thirds, like I said, against lefties, he shows pretty dang good command with both those pitches. Um, so I, I think it's significant at this point.
1: So the next guy that I think will be, uh, you know, big time fab prize uh, here in, in a few weeks will be Grayson Rodriguez uh, with the Orioles. And I, I think it's sort of, the Orioles are probably – like my guess has always been that they're going to just bring up Grayson and Adley right around the same time. Yeah. Uh, and that'll probably be, I don't know, around Memorial Day, something like that. Uh, if if things were to go be kind of bumpy for Grayson Rodriguez as a rookie, how would you see that happening? Or I guess sort of yeah. does he have any flaws that you kind of have in the back of your head that you're a little worried about?
2: Um uh, yeah, I mean I like to be picky. I could I could I could find a word on anybody, but uh <laughs> um the thing with with Rodriguez, um I mean I don't I don't deny the the crazy upside, you know. Um but like when I when I watch and, and something we have to think about um sidebar for a second here. I saw a uh uh, a tweet that I think my friend at Prospect Report retweeted. It was uh, Joe Meyer, Joe Maurer talking about his first MLB start. He was catching Brad Rackey, who was this big command guy, right? And they asked, you know, how many of his four pitches do you think he has any given outing? or How many outings a year do you think he has all four pitches? And he said like two or three. So I think with and, and I see that with like Grayson Rodriguez, everyone talks about his four big pitches, but it's not like he's coming every day with all four of these things working real great and, and having a great feel for them all at the same time. That's a that's a very hard skill. It's not a lot of guys can do stuff like that, you know. Um, but I think he's still, you know, he's he still gets a little bit loose, and I'm just being very nitpicky. Um there are times that the breaking ball command I think isn't the greatest. You see some uh I think last year in the championship series against uh, uh Akron uh I think they were just kind of sitting and waiting for some some breaking balls and I mean that worked they got to him pretty good uh so always i mean when a when a guy goes from the minors to the majors he's gonna have to tighten everything up to have success so I don't know that's just kind of where I am with him. I'd love it, awesome I think I had him number three uh I'm just looking forward to watching him grow as a pitcher. He's got all the tools in the world.
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast.
1: All right, Uh, so I think, I mean, unless you disagree, I feel like there is maybe a bit of a drop-off from Meyer and Rodriguez uh, to the next guys we're going to talk about. Uh, There certainly is in terms of perceived value. Uh, But uh, the next thing I want to ask you about is Matthew Liebertor with the Cardinals who, uh, and we're going to talk about some other Cardinals here because you uh, have uh, a lot of positive things (laughs) to say about a a few Cardinals uh, pitching prospects and you actually have three Cardinals pitching prospects in your top 10 that we're going to be talking about and it's top 10 outings that you watched that got you thinking about a player in a different positive manner Uh, but of course you've seen plenty of Libertor before this season Mm -hmm. um, so I don't think maybe you've, you've, you've seen anything that's Uh, been that different with him but uh what do you think his readiness level is in terms of uh having success in the big leagues because he's been i feel like he's been dominant in most of his starts and there's been a couple hiccups but yeah uh, obviously that's a dream pitching scenario i think coming up and joining the cardinals rotation and pitching in that division pitching in that ballpark with that defense behind you like that that's yeah. about as good as it gets in terms of a, a landing spot.
2: Yeah. Yeah, you know I was talking to talking to Welsh last week I, I do think that Libitoris is a little bit undersold. Um I think if you're looking just like at straight stats you might not tell the, the greatest story about him. Um but you know the, the Cardinals were pretty aggressive with him last year. What was he 22 in triple A? And uh, you could see him. You know, he took he took some lumps, and um, but I think you see him learning from that. And you know, the Cardinals are kind of tough loving with him. Uh, the Arsenal, you know, there's plenty of pitchers there. Um, I think it kind of wavers a little bit from outing to outing. Um, I think especially the fastball, sometimes the fastball seems to be really effective. I mean, even when he's locating it well, it seems really effective. And other times not as much. Um, but I, I do like his, his chances to, to sustain himself as a starter. Um, he might, I don't know if I'd be like, you know, putting him in my lineup right away when he comes up. Um, it might be a little bit more of a, of a slow burn with him. Uh, but, I yeah, I, I like Libertor. Um, I do agree that I think there's a significant drop-off from those last guys. Yeah, I
1: think uh, I'd been low on him for a while because I just didn't think the fastball was that great. But then uh, Jeff Ponce uh, had a lot of great things to say about how his slider has, has come along and where that
2: yeah. pitch is right now. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I think there's I think there's been like um prudence with his development. You know, I think he could have easily been a guy in a lower level throwing one or two pitches up there and putting up some gaudy stats. But I think you know to his credit too, and the cardinals, um, uh, they've you know enriching the whole the whole arsenal, I think has been a priority. And you know that's that's big. There's a lot of guys who don't do that
1: yeah, and and he's you know you got to be careful to not overreact to just. Wow. He's got a four, two, four ERA. Uh, you know, that's a, not a great pitching environment. Um, he has career best, uh, strikeout and walk rates so far this season, uh, one, one, eight whip. And I think at the very least he can come up and be a guy that you roll out there against the pirates and the Cubs and the reds and, uh, you know, I think there there's at least going to be some opportunities for him to have some pretty uh, comfortable outings. Yeah, uh, do you think we see him? Who out of those three out of Rodriguez, Meyer, Libertor, who do you think we see first?
2: Um, I want to say, I want to say Meyer. I mean, that's who I would I would bring up first. Uh, but w- the way that Cardinals like to like to roll with some of their young guys, I wouldn't be surprised if it's Libertor.
1: Yeah, man. I, I think, like, I feel very confident in Grayson being up in about three weeks. Yeah. And then it's just a matter of can either of those other two beat that? And I feel like the calls for Meyer are obviously very loud. Uh, yeah. So it's just a and matter that, and
2: of that, that organization, too, has a history of throwing their young guys in at the major league level and letting them learn on the job, like that, too. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Maybe we get all three of them on the same day. How would that be? Well, well
1: uh, <laughs> I'd love it if we got. What if we got all three of them in the same week, and then uh, the the people that have to do these uh, Sunday night fab oh, yeah. biddings uh,
2: have to do. Uh, yeah, extra tricky allocation of funds there.
1: Right. Uh, yeah, that would be that'd be fascinating. Um, so these next two, I think, are less. Uh, household names, uh, you know, maybe not the same pet pedigree as Meyer Rodriguez and Libertor, but I, I like both these guys a lot. Uh, Hayden Wesneski with the Yankees, Caleb Killian with the Cubs. Uh, I, I did notice that Killian's fastball velocity is sort of back to where it was uh, pre Arizona fall league when he was really uh, buzzing it up there in the, the upper nineties, I think he's been more kind of 94 okay. this year. Uh, but uh, what have you seen from
2: Wes nesky and, and Killian? Yeah. Well, those, those were both guys that were, you know, kind of very much off my radar until I went into the off season and reviewed several of their starts and both of them impressed, impressed me quite a bit. What uh, was nesky his, his stuff towards the back end of last year, just, continued to get more and more you know, nasty looking and, uh, just commanding it, commanding the secondaries better and better. Uh, and then I, I haven't watched an outing of either of these guys this year, but I did see some stuff in the spring was, was looked even more nasty. And I, I believe last time I tracked, he's been putting up some, some pretty good results. Uh, Killian, Killian was a, he's kind of a, he's a smooth cat. I wonder if, I didn't know that his velocity was, was down, um, I wonder, I mean, are we totally out of whatever he had going on up into that Arizona Fall League? Didn't he have a shoulder going on or something? But um, he was just a guy, you watch him, you get like four or five innings into a game. Also, you look up and you're like, man, there's like one hit and zero runs. And I'm not really totally sure how we how we got there. But, you know, painting the edges, executing pitches at a very high level, uh, both. Um, secondary stuff and, and power beat you in a lot of different ways. Uh, you know, that level of hitter was pretty uncomfortable against him and, and, you know, he didn't re- didn't relent often. And I liked the, uh, you know, I think he was a guy that was on the West coast kind of doing these things for a little while, just not really seen. Uh, and then when the trade happened, uh, everyone kind of realized how good he is.
1: Yeah, so I'm just going to pull up. I, I saw this uh, from an article on uh, Prospects Live by uh, Jake Kearns, uh, and he was sitting on a, a Iowa Cubs uh, start against Indianapolis. Um, I just want to make sure that I'm not uh, putting out uh, bad info there. So he was saying, um, was actually was touching 95 with the four seamer. Uh, did not reach back uh, for 97 like he did last year. Two seamer was 92 to 93. Uh, so yeah, you know, that's that's all right. That's enough. Yeah, yeah, like that. That's sort of. uh, I mean, that's part of what I think about Kirby. Uh, like I almost liked Kirby more when he was uh before he got that velo bump. Because yeah. it was just so easy. And uh, I think whenever you see a guy add that velocity, it 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 uh, kind of introduces a little extra injury risk, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, and then, like with Killian, I think when all of his stuff's working, he doesn't need to be reaching back for 97, 98. Uh, yes. But, of course, you do kind of need all everything to be working um, when yeah. you're more 93, 95.
2: Yeah. I mean, there's, yeah, you know, you got to find that, that optimum velocity that, you know, is the happy medium between putting the ball where you want to and, and getting enough results, you know. I, I try to think about a lot of these guys as, all right, what's the likelihood when they hit their their professional peak when they're in their late 20s or 30 years old or whatever it is, as much of a fool's errand that might sound like, uh, you know who's they're not going to be throwing ninety seven most likely. Some guys might, but you know a lot of these guys aren't going to be throwing ninety seven. But that doesn't mean their ninety three isn't super effective.
1: Do you so with with like Wisniewski, uh I I think he's still maybe one of the more underrated prospects out there. I think what yeah. Killian did in the AFL opened a lot of eyes, and so yeah. um, I think people people are kind of. Um, coming around on him and I also think the uh, opportunity for Killian is obviously more obvious than it is with West Nesky because with the Yankees you, you
2: still have yeah. like
1: Clark Schmidt waiting for a turn yeah um and then yeah he, I won't lie
2: I, I have a little bit of a bias towards Yankees uh, pitching prospects just because I think it is so so tough to, to break in and and stay there. Um, but that being said, I, I like I like him significantly more than you know, heel or Debbie Garcia or those types. Um,
1: yeah, I I think I was too high on heel before the year. I just I was in love with that yeah. fastball slider combo and just his. I loved his mound presence. Uh sure. Maybe that maybe that serves him well in in a late inning role. But again, yeah. like. <laughs> What's harder to break into the the saves mix in New York or the rotation in New York? Yeah, <laughs> you know, so, yeah, um, yeah, like Clay Holmes is maybe my favorite relief pitcher in baseball right now. I just think he's got the complete package, and he's not even getting regular saves. So yeah, yeah, um, it's
2: tough. And it's, something, it's something that I think uh, if you want to you know wisely put dynasty value on things, you got to think about.
1: Right. I mean, the Yankees like they they. They developed Luis Severino and Jordan Montgomery, um, but it is it does seem to be sort of every every two years they might add a guy into the rotation yeah. from in, internally. Uh, it's not yeah. a thing that you can count on, and they trade a lot of these guys away. And maybe that'd be best for for his value, Westneski, if he were to get dealt. But I think he's probably yeah. too good at this point um, for them to do that. Uh, with Killian. Do you like so? I I was sort of um, at the time of the Canario uh, and uh, Killian for uh, Chris Bryant trade. I was sort of viewing him as kind of a lower ceiling, you know, maybe, maybe more like a number four. And then after watching him uh, down the stretch last year, I completely changed my tune on that. And I was sort of like, you know, look, if this guy's going to be 95 with the fastball with his secondaries and his command uh like what else would he need to do you know like he could be a number two starter is that is that the type of upside you see with killian if it it all comes together or is he more of kind of a mid to to back rotation
2: no i mean for me just um just kind of the context that I try to think about this, if we want to talk about, you know, one end of the spectrum being putting the ball where you want to at a high clip and one end, just having, you know, really good swing and miss stuff. And we want to try to find the middle. I mean, I think Killian kind of, you know, has that sort of potential to meet in the middle there. Um, I want to value that. Um, and if a guy, if a guy's like that, if a guy's sitting there, uh, I mean, whew, sky's the limit.
1: Yeah, and I know I know he hasn't had it hasn't just been, you know, um awesome start after awesome start after awesome start for Killian this yeah. year, but uh sixty-four percent ground ball rate for him too, um right now, which is really just outstanding. And yeah. uh again that division, I, I like uh even if you're on one of the bad teams that division, I, I like uh, having having pitchers.
2: Yeah, yeah. There. Yeah, I haven't I haven't gotten to Killian yet. I was just kind of waiting, but uh we'll get there.
1: All right. So let's get to some of the guys that you uh, have been really impressed by. Again, you, you release these articles once a week. And then at the bottom of each article, you've got this kind of running board of top 10. Basically, like how would you describe what yeah. this top 10 means? like well, in what, your words?
2: Well, one, I want to thank you for actually getting down to the bottom of one of my articles and seeing that. I'm not sure how many folks <laughs> have, have delved that deep. Uh, but yeah, so I just just kind of for fun just keeping a little top 10 uh, viewed outings on on the season for me. Uh, the criteria sort of being a guy who uh, you know showed something that got me thinking differently about him than I had in the past or uh, perhaps a new guy that has kind of uh, put himself on the map in a in a in a big way for me. Uh, it's not necessarily, I'm planning a bunch of dynasty value here, but uh, just kind of uh, for fun, Who's you know, who's the best looking, best looking dudes this year for one so, day.
1: Yeah. So I want to just start, I want to almost kind of go in order of like my perceived dynasty value for these guys. Yeah. And um, yeah. you can kind of, you know, set me straight or agree or, or whatever. Uh, <laughs> like, Gavin Williams, you have at number seven. Uh, yeah. Like coming into the year, I had him as a top seventy-five prospect. I want to say, um, like, just I a, think that's a good call. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, like, I just he, I mean, he's got sort of the, oh, like, like Killian. I think there is like some sort of nuance involved in like what what's this guy's upside. Uh, Gavin Williams is sort of the prototypical like, this is what it looks like. Frontline upside type of guy to me. Uh, what did you see in that, that start of his?
2: Yeah. So this was just his first start of the year. And the way that I'm kind of doing my thing is I'm not really starting with anybody until they get to full season ball. Um, so if you're trying to get way ahead on Gavin Williams types, I'm not, I'm not your guy, but, uh, so I watched his first start and man, I was, I was super impressed. Uh, yeah, he's got a big fastball. He's got a killer breaking ball. Uh, he was putting them where he wants to. It seemed like uh, at a pretty high clip. Uh, but then I think my favorite part of that outing is he's dominating this lineup. He's getting into like the third inning or whatever, and then uh, he started shaking off his catcher to throw change ups. Uh, and and for me, I, I love I love seeing that sort of thing. I love guys trying to work on their craft using using games to improve. Uh, you know, improve their arsenal or improve um, themselves as a potential major league pitcher. Uh So you know, he he could have probably just bought him some fastballs, buy some guys some some more, but he decided to work on some things. I, I dig that very much.
1: So uh, Gavin Williams, uh, I assume he's healthy, but he probably—I mean, I don't know what he's really getting from being at high A anymore. Uh he's, Yeah, he's got a a one Oh one batting average against. So, yeah. uh, fair to say that he's in complete control there. Um, yeah. he has a 44% strikeout rate. Uh, yeah. he has a Oh six nine whip. So, uh, I would say it's, it's probably time for him to get a bit of a bit of a push yes. here. Um, yeah. and really just kind of cross our fingers that he stays healthy. Uh, yeah.
2: Yeah, I think there's I think there's a lot to be excited about with him there. If you if you wanted to put him as like the number one uh dude out of that draft class, I I wouldn't uh, shake a stick at that.
1: Yeah, that's that's actually what I did. I was actually texting with Jeff uh yeah, Jeff, yeah. He was he was like I was like, "Man, I I think there's like a case for him over uh Lighter." And he's like, "Yeah, man, I I think I actually like him more than Lighter." And I was like, yeah you know what? Like that's, that's sort of where I was at in my, in my gut and in my heart. And I was just like, look, I yeah. lighter's great. Uh, but like Gavin, the Gavin William types are, are, Gavin Williams types are the ones who just really get, uh, me excited. Uh, um, yeah, it's,
2: it's very prototypical, you know? Yeah.
1: Oh yeah. Like it's, yeah. Like you've seen this before. Like you've seen yeah. this type of pitcher go on to, to become like a number one, uh, starter before. Um, yes. So the next guy, and again, I'm going to kind of go in order from your top ten of, of basically sort of how I would value them at this moment in time in in a Dynasty, but uh, this could change on my update that's coming here in a, in a week or two. Uh, DJ hers with the uh, Cubs uh, was, you know, kind of crazy in terms of missing bats last year. Had some, it kind of still has some. Uh, control issues, but mm-hmm. uh, really like just what he has from a pure stuff standpoint. Uh, what did you yeah. see with hers?
2: Yeah, so he was def- he was a guy that, you know, uh, after last year, you know, arrow arrow pointing up, ready to hit some helium tanks if some things come together. And what I wanted to see from him most was just, uh, you know, better execution of pitches. Arsenal's there. He's got three, you know, three pitches that can be really good. Uh, and what I loved about this outing and why he made the list first time I watched him this year, and the secondary stuff showed you know, very in my opinion was, was very spotted much better than I had seen at all last year. Um, and he was throwing a lot of them, a lot of breaking balls, a lot of change ups. Uh, the fastball very much took a back seat. Uh, and you know ironically enough, it was the fastball that um, command that probably eluded um, him the most that day which you know makes sense in some ways too um to have your fat, you know to have everything going going right it, it is difficult and he's what he's only 21 22 21 yeah 21 yeah uh but yeah a guy that i, I think is, you know his traje- trajectory is, is is nice right now are you
1: you know what's the level of relief risk um concerns with him yeah uh, still 15% walk rate.
2: Yeah, you know, anyone who, you know, and credit to Jeff Ponson and his podcast with uh, the AA uh, Mariners coach, if you can't execute your best pitch at a very high level, you're, you're, you know, you're risking your ability to start. Um, So I would say for him, you know, I don't think he's there. I don't think he's there in terms of being able to do that. Um, I don't think a lot of guys are, are totally there yet. Um, but I think, like I said, I think he's headed in the right direction. Um, but I would say, you know, it's, uh, is reliever risk, if you will, is, is as much as, as much as most, <laughs> if that's a, <laughs>
1: um, well, yeah, I mean, it's,
2: it's as much as Matt Brash, if you will, it's completely,
1: that yeah, it's, there's no shame in not being a perfect pitching prospect when you're 21 at, at, high right. LA. And, right. uh, I think it's it's at least encouraging. Like if, if you're going to be walking that many guys, uh, it's at least encouraging that that seems to be basically the one thing he's got to fix. Like he yeah. seems to sort of have everything else ready to roll. Uh, yeah. and there's, you there's know, time for him to improve that.
2: But and I think one thing you have to be careful about with, with with guys, particularly like him, where you, you know, you see him actively working on some of his flaws. Um, so, you know, perhaps that leads to a higher walk rate than you might want to see. But, you know, in my opinion, that's not a negative. Um, I want to see him putting that that work in and, and, and doing that. And so if it comes with some high A or double A uh, walks, who cares? Nice. All right. Uh, the next guy, and
1: he's probably uh, I don't know, the most buzzy – pitching prospect who was not a consensus top 100 prospect coming into the year uh is ricky tiedemann with the blue jays uh lots of well-deserved praise coming at him from from all corners of uh the internet uh what did you see from tiedemann
2: yeah so um Shout-out, kudos to whoever it was on Twitter this offseason. that was like, hey, look out for him. That was very undersold. <laughs> well done. Um, you know, it was only five innings, uh, but from a nice uh, Bradenton angle. And, you know, it's he's a guy that, like, just kind of tests you, tests me at least, like, all right, well, five innings. How excited do I want to get? Because I was getting pretty excited. You're talking – Lefty with, you know, he's 19 years old, but he's, you know, he's kind of chiseled and he's got a body, linebacker-esque, you know, he's 6'4", whatever they got him listed at. Uh, big fastball. And, and it wasn't like this, like, super feral fastball either, spotting it um, fairly well. Uh, and then you see this, you know, this big slider come out that's got, you know, some crazy-looking movement coming back door on the – on the righties like crazy. And, uh, you know, for a guy who and talk about other 19 year olds out there. I mean, I think you got to put him right up there with, with all of them. Um, there's, there's change up going on a little bit as well. Uh, obviously I'd love to see more of him. I don't know how much we're going to get with him in that league, at least, you know, a guy like me just watching video, but, uh, yeah, I think, uh, you know, I don't want to go too crazy. Uh, but I'll, I guess I'm as crazy as I'll get. <laughs> well, so what? I mean, are we? You
1: said stack them up with like any other 19-year-old. Um, I assume you're not. You're not talking quite like Uri Perez. Because uh, mm. to me, there's kind of like a there's Uri Perez, and then there's the rest of the teenagers. Um, yeah, is that fair, or would you even? Because I assume you're kind of, are you kind of talking like put them up with you
2: know your Jackson
1: Jobs and
2: your Andrew Painters yeah. and your, uh, I I don't think I don't think it's a crazy conversation to have like it might sound like a crazy conversation but again I'm just going off of five innings so I don't want but um uh, yeah yeah I mean let's see. Perez is tricky too because when I when I've watched him, it's been like not his greatest outings either. But but that's fine. And you can you know you piece things together and um there's just there's a lot of there's a lot of body and a lot of moving parts there with Perez and he's gonna get bigger. Um I mean obviously I, I you know push comes to shove, I take Perez, but I don't think it's a crazy conversation or and or it's going to be a conversation too.
1: Yeah, I think with Perez, uh if I had him in a dynasty league, I think I would be just contemplating every week, like, is this the week that I that I unload him? <laughs> <and>
2: yeah, <trade? laughs>
1: um, because it's just uh like you said, I mean, just uh so much can go wrong. There's so many, there's so much
2: hype surrounding yeah. him right now. I mean, both of those guys. Neither of them are like these, you know, well-oiled machines that I, you know, I'm going to put way more value on um, than a, than a young guy like that. But yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. Um,
1: just quickly, I I didn't say that I was going to ask you about him, but uh, yeah. like Daniel Espino, um,
2: yeah. are you uh? I know you were super high on him coming in. Yeah, so, year. yeah, I'm a uh, yes, I'm a fan. I think uh, he's got some some crazy tools, and and he can use them well. I think he still has you know some work to do, um, but I love I love his athleticism. Uh, he's a guy that I don't think is shy putting the work in, and you know when some of these guys graduate or whatever, I, I kind of have him lined up as the next. I'm just trying to look up on the fly.
1: I noticed he's only
2: made uh, four starts. I just want to make sure yeah. he's healthy. No, he. I'm um, at he, I'm not 100 100 up to date. But he did leave a start with some with something. Yeah. Um.
1: And that's you know I don't know he's what he like his body is so weird to me for uh yeah he's on the he's on the IL um so he was placed on the seven day IL uh about a yeah. week ago um so that's
2: a little concerning uh i think it was like a knee or something i think it was like lower body. i don't know I okay might making up stories but that's what i thought isn't am i am
1: i crazy or is his body just very like i, I can't think of any other starting pitchers who are like six two with his sort of Arms and legs, and just how ripped he is. Like it's just, yeah. such a, it's such a interesting um, physique for a starting pitcher. Uh,
2: yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, I don't know if I can think of anybody. I don't I even. Don't even I don't the guy that a we just talked about, Titan though, could maybe could maybe end up looking like that.
1: Okay. Yeah, because I mean, like, I my sort of do. Do you have like a dream, like starting pitchers, like? body cuz like for me it's kind of like 64 like yeah. 200 uh
2: athletic uh I don't know I'm I, I'm a fan of of Lance Lynn's body. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, but uh I uh I don't know. You know, I I feel like I f- I feel like I used to think about that more than I do now. Um especially when you got like you know, a guy like Jeff kind of talking to you about, you know, different release points and stuff like that. And you see, I think, more success with with fastballs from, from smaller guys. Um, I think it's, you know, I think it's something to think about. I think it's, you know, important. But I don't know if I really have a type anymore. I think I just want to see a guy making his pitches. And if that comes from, you know, a guy who's 5'11", okay, so be it. If it comes from a guy who's 6'6", okay, cool. Um, but I, I'm just more open to to that, I think, these days.
1: Yeah, totally. I, I don't put too much on it. I just think it's like, a, I don't know, it's kind of like a nerdy, like if, you, if you've if you watched yeah. enough Pitching Prospects, I feel like sure. you.
2: Um, no, I, I will say, though, um, when I watch a guy like, uh, I don't know, maybe uh, Dre Jameson, who isn't mm-hmm. like the biggest dude in the world, and it's like this sort of – Max effort looking thing, um, you know. I think about that. I don't know how much I I love that sort of. How
1: thing. would you compare Dre Jameson to like Shane McClanahan? Um, like uh, in terms of just sort of the the body and the the uh, effort and stuff like that.
2: Yeah, uh, man. I don't know. I mean, I think McClan is how tall is McClanahan? He's bigger, isn't he? Uh. uh
1: yeah, I guess he's six one. Um, yeah, uh,
2: I think there's a little bit. I think there's less effort in McClanahan, isn't there? Um, I think at there least, is. Like, at least I from think there like is Capito now too. sort of, sort of thing. I don't know about in the in the shoulder in the arm. I'm not that. I'm not that smart to think about that stuff. But
1: well, I do. I just I do remember like there was a time when McClanahan was drafted uh, where a lot of uh, I don't know. Some evaluators, not even necessarily good evaluators, were saying there was like a lot of bullpen risk there because of his size, uh, yeah, and uh, effort. Yeah, I don't know.
2: I kind of think we're just getting smarter than that. I don't think that's really, uh, you know, I don't know. Yeah, and I mean, if (laughs) I could, if
1: there could be, you know, if everyone could just have Alec Manoa's body, I would be fine with that too. Uh, I mean, because he's ready to eat innings. Yeah,
2: would you call What? How would you define him uh, body wise? Is he is he strong? Is he ripped? Is he is he portly? What, what would you What would you call him?
1: Uh, I just think he's a a horse. I, a like, big he, human, like, right? Yeah he he's yeah. not. Uh, I don't think he's out of shape at all. Like I think yeah. he's he's just always he was always going to be a big boy. Like no matter what he did, uh, yeah. No matter what he put in his body. Yeah. Uh, and it's sort of uh, it's it's healthy for him, I think, to be as big as he is. Like, it's not a, yeah, like, like, um, like I don't know if you've seen Michael Pineda like pitch this year at all, but like, like that, like he's 40, 50 pounds overweight right now. Yeah. Um, but I like to me, Manoa, Manoa is like the right size for what he should yeah. be right now. Um, yeah, as a, as a starting pitcher. Yeah.
2: He's a big guy.
1: Uh, Okay, let's let's talk about the guy you have num- your most uh, impressive outing that you've seen yeah. so far this year uh, and this was in your your most recent uh, article yeah uh, Darius Vines uh, at AA in Atlanta's farm system uh, what did you yeah. see from vines
2: I saw a video game more or less um, so I, I kind of caught a few innings of him here and there but didn't like really dive into it I um, uh, but this outing, so he's got a uh, mid-90s fastball. Uh, I think it's probably more of a, of a sinker, I think. Uh, he's got a, a good downward breaking ball and a changeup. And all three of those pitchers were, were working. All three of them were uh, giving guys no chance. He went uh, seven batters in a row, seven strikeouts in a row on 30 pitches. Uh, 23 of them were strikes. Uh, and really, if it wasn't for a blunder by Trey Harris, and I mean, I don't want to say a guy should have robbed the home run, but Michael Harris should have robbed the home run.
1: Uh, yeah, you got, you got the like, glove on
2: it, right? <laughs> yeah. He's flirting with perfection there. I mean, that was a pretty, I mean, that was a pretty, as perfect of an outing as I had watched. Even regardless of the three runs at the end or whatever, he might have ran out of steam a little bit. But like I said, he could have had some help and stayed kept zeros up.
1: That's such a valuable thing that you get from putting in the time in that, that you put in because you uh, you could very easily just see, like, oh, you know, six and a third, three earned runs. Uh, yeah, he had the 11 strikeouts. But, you know, like he, he might have had some things to work on there. But you're basically saying, like, I watched this outing uh, he did everything he was supposed to do and yeah. the hitters didn't really have much of a chance. No, no. <laughs> so no, no. that was clearly his best start of the year though. Uh, yeah, I work- guess.
2: I mean, like I said, he wasn't a guy that I reviewed last year and it was really this plus a few other innings is all I've seen from him. So I don't know how consistent he is with everything, but I mean, if he shows to be consistent like that, I don't care. He just turned 24 in double a, but, uh, I mean, if he pitches like that. That's you. You. you want that guy? <laughs> yeah. And uh, Atlanta's done
1: a pretty solid job in terms of developing yeah. guys. Yeah, um, I trust. I trust them. And yeah, he's twenty four. He's a Double A. So, if definitely a guy to keep uh, an eye on. I'm. I don't know if he's a guy to to rush out an ad uh, unless right. you're in
2: a in a deeper league. But uh, yeah, I want to. I want to see more before I get. You know. Sound the alarms.
1: Uh, Andrew Abbott has generated a ton of buzz uh, yeah. with the, the Reds organization. Uh, it seems to me to be kind of a guy that, that needs to push. I, I actually don't know if he's still at high, a, but if he is still at high, a, uh, he just got promoted. Oh, he did. Okay, great. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean, what do you, what do you think about the stuff? Like is, is he as
2: good as his numbers at high a would, would lead people to believe? Uh, I mean, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I still want to see, you know, obviously he's punching below his weight there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, you want to talk you know, pressure is, pressure is a really big, big thing that I don't think it's talked about a lot. Like that guy is just relentless, relentlessly putting pressure on the hitters. Uh, his catcher puts down the sign, whatever it is, he's going to throw it and he is executing all three pitches, you know, at a <laughs> very high level, uh, I told Welsh I gotta be a little bit careful because he gives me some Mark Burley vibes and I love like Burley and I guess I brought him up twice now. But uh but more you know more more velocity and, and you know a little bit more juice than MB was working with. But uh you know, that that type of guy where just the hitter is on his heels the whole time. Um and he's you know, he's a you know, quote advanced guy. He's got a lot of amateur experience, uh team USA and you know, college and all that stuff. Um, I obviously you want to see how the stuff plays against better hitters, but, um, I mean, if, I, if I'm i laying a bat, I think it plays well, uh, as in a lot of ways, very much my kind of guy. Uh, how good is like how good is the stuff? Like, I mean, do you, do you know the
1: velocity at all? Yeah. I fastball? think, uh,
2: if I remember correctly, I think this fastball was saying about 93, 94. mind you, it's from, it's from the left side. So, you know, mm. uh, the changeup the change, the change up looked uh, you know looked looked pretty good guys weren't hitting it it was uh it was fading away and and you know the breaking ball looked looked pretty sharp you know i'd love to get and i'm sure you know someone like jeff would be able to get you some goodies there uh, but you know just his ability to spot all three of those at the same time it's like that that doesn't have to be off the charts you know stuff to, to work well, um, but I, I think there's a chance that some of those are probably generating some pretty good metrics. Yeah, that's always the
1: the breaking ball is always key with a guy like that because you know you can be a, a left a, you know lefty with fastball and changeup is going to uh, yeah. dominate in the lower levels
2: even without yeah. that breaking ball. what right. um, what I, what I liked cool. about him too is that either side of the plate hitter, he was I mean he was throwing the whole sink at him. Nice. Uh, so. The next guy I want to ask you about,
1: uh Gordon Grisefo uh yeah. in the Cardinals org. Uh this guy you mentioned to me un, un uh, unprompted. Uh you were just like Grisefo, they got a steal yeah. in him. Then I watched a little bit of him and I was like, Yeah, I, I'm I'm digging I'm digging this. Uh, yeah. what's what's the deal with Gordon Grisefo?
2: Yeah. So uh shout out to my friend at Prospect Report who was trying to tell me this offseason. I wish I would have listened more. Um, you know, talking about the, I was <laughs> I was talking with my friend SPP in this league. Well, how do we define Graceffo's body? And I think it was very similar to our Manoa conversation. He was a big guy, <laughs> uh, but you know, fastball with, I mean, you can see that outing that I watched. It wasn't even a very good angle, but I mean, you could see pitch movement <laughs> even from there, uh, fastball that looks, you know, it's got the, the riding movement that everybody loves, uh, curveball, slider, changeup, just all doing their thing. And he's throwing them all for strikes. It's filling up the zone all parts of the zone, uh from what I could tell. And, and really the the only guy, the only guy that had a chance against him was uh, Sal Frelic and I don't, you know, if that makes sense. <laughs> right. Yeah, I think yeah, uh, I want to see him. Let's let's get him up against some better hitters and see how this goes.
1: I loved his kind of competitiveness and his just yeah. sort of uh his temper oh,
2: yeah. out there. Uh yeah, he's got some fire. And I made a little little joke that he's kind of like uh ball bull from Mike Tyson's punch out. He's kind of like he's kind of like charging at you when he starts his windup. <laughs> yeah, no, he is.
1: He is. Yeah. Uh, uh which is I, that's fun. You know, it's fun watching guys with
2: a uh, unique, uh, deliveries like that. Um, yeah, I like guys who pitch whistle fire too. I dig that. Yeah,
1: I do too. I, I mean, I think you, and I think it's sort of a, uh, window into their personality and like makeup a little bit. Like it's, you have to be so, uh, mentally strong to make it as a, uh, big league starting pitcher and, yeah. Uh, you just, it's not for the the faint of heart, you know? No, um, yeah. so I, li- I like seeing that in, in young guys. Um, no doubt. so we're running a little long. Uh, do you want to, is there anyone else, uh, from this top 10 that, that you think we need to touch on? I, I skipped over, uh, Victor Juarez. I know mm-hmm. that you are a Rocky's follower, but I don't, <laughs> I don't think we need to spend time talking about Rocky's pitching prospect on this pod. Uh, that's, but that's what about, fair. what about the other
2: guys? Uh, I would just, uh, I think Zach Thompson is, is super interesting this year. Uh, you know, he was a former first round, uh, pick of the Cardinals last year. I reviewed him and it just, you know, his fastball was like 88 miles per hour. And the stuff was not crisp and, you know, it just wasn't good. I don't know if injury or whatever, but this year he seems to be back. The fastball is hitting like 95, 96, I think, um, I watched his trip. This was a triple-A outing, and, you know, first time through the lineup, I think he had, like, five Ks on the curveball. Uh, the, sec- the second time through, it was he was just overpowering guys with the fastball, um, commanding stuff really well, attacking different ways. Uh, maybe a guy who's finally uh, showing that first-round pedigree.
1: Yeah, no, that's a good call uh, just because he could be relevant this season. Uh, yeah. I think you know Liebertor is the one that everyone's talking about, but yeah. uh wasn't that long ago that Zach
2: Thompson was like a top two hundred-ish guy. So uh, yeah, but, yeah. I was I was impressed. And I, I think uh last time I checked, I, I think his overall stats on the season are, are looking pretty yeah, decent. At least. They are, yeah. yep. And yeah. uh again, that's a tough
1: uh league to pitch in. So um mm-hmm. let's uh quickly like I know that You mentioned, like, obviously, if you're going to spend all this time watching all these pitching prospects, you're inevitably going to, and you, these are the, those were the 10 guys that you were sort of pleasantly surprised by. Uh, Who are a few that people are maybe getting pretty excited about that when you watched a start of theirs, you left kind of unconvinced?
2: Um, Yeah. So I I did a Bram uh, Bayo's no hitter, uh, seven inning no hitter from last week. I know he's a guy who's like, you know, getting a lot of attention and, and I think deservedly. So, um, plenty of arsenal, but you, you know, talk about a guy who's just kind of loosely throwing stuff up at the plate. Uh, I very much get that feel from him. Um, not quite as sold on him uh long-term as, as maybe, as maybe some folks are. Um, and another guy that I know this probably won't be that popular, but, uh, I, I struggle to get on board with uh, Kyle Harrison. Um, there's no, there's no doubt that you know that fastball from that angle um, and that breaking ball are are deadly. Um, but I, I was really kind of disappointed when I when I watched him this year because I was I was kind of hoping for you know some sort of development. You know, last year whipping those two pitches up there it was working great. Um, and then this year, you know, I was hoping maybe. And I know people talk about a changeup. I mean, James, I don't really know if I've ever seen one, but I might just be blind. But um, it was just kind of the same attack, you know, those two big pitches is kind of loosely thrown up there. And, yeah, it's getting, like, you know, good, decent results and stuff. But he's also pretty inefficient. Um, You know, I think he only lasted four innings. And I know he's 20 years old and he's young. And, of course, he he can grow. Um, But – until I start seeing some, like, I don't know, a little bit more diversity or things tightening up, I just I, I can't get totally on board with, with him quite yet. And, uh,
1: yeah, that's, you know, I mean,
2: him, he's, oh, sorry, pretty,
1: he's pretty fascinating because, uh, there's a lot to really, really, really like, you mm-hmm. know, like the. And, I know he
2: kills like pitch metric stuff. I'm, uh, I'm sure he's like off the charts with, with some of that stuff.
1: And it's just, uh, the. Giants probably, top three org
2: in terms of sure.
1: uh, getting the most out of a pitcher. And, sure. Uh, and I don't
2: uh, – you know, I totally understand putting putting value on a talent like that, uh, but, you know, it's just part of my offseason stuff is I, I want to do – I want to try to value the project projectable stuff maybe a little bit less um, because there is so much talent out there and there is so many opportunities. Um, I don't know if I need to, like – Hold on to Harrison. I'm going to miss out on him. You know, there's going to be guys like that. But you know, you see these. I just kind of get like sort of a plastic attack sort of feel from him. You know, similar to why I was reluctant with with you know brash and and those other kind of two pitch guys with you know big breaking ball, big fastball. But where's you know it's not real sophisticated.
1: Well, that's. I mean, that's what I wanted to hear. Though, I mean, that's it's easy for everyone to just pump up the same guys and everything like that um,
2: <laughs>
1: yeah
2: and, you know like I said I I hope he I hope he proves me proves me wrong
1: well yeah he's got plenty of time to do so but yeah. uh, you know good sort of status check on where Kyle Harrison is uh, yeah. Nate this has been awesome uh, why don't you just let people know again where they can sort of follow your stuff and yeah.
2: uh, where they can follow you on Twitter yeah for sure thanks for having me this was, this was fun. Uh, I'm on Twitter at pitching specs. Uh, my stuff is published on pitcher list uh, Monday mornings.
1: Absolutely. Uh, keep up the good work, man. Uh, this is such a, a cool kind of niche that you've uh, carved out. And um, I really just, I wanted, uh, you know, I think more people should be sort of following along to what you're doing and uh, following your stuff on Twitter because I think you've, you've quickly become one of the, the go-to uh, pitching prospect evaluators out there. And it's, it's all because of the, the hard work you put in. Um, I mean, it's, it's not, it's not easy. If it was easy, everyone would, would do it
2: and uh, really Thank
1: appreciate you. you. You putting that time in for, for people like me who
2: Thank uh, you. don't have time to you know, watch all these guys. <laughs> if it wasn't for, if it wasn't for video editing, I could watch so much more, but those little, those little, 20 second videos take a lot of time james it's hard because (laughs) the stuff that i'm you know the stuff i try to point to or whatever i don't there's not like numbers to kind of try to get at you know you just got to kind of show it so so thank you i i appreciate you appreciating that
1: (laughs) well and i mean i think it's good to it's good to sort of stay in your um kind of wheelhouse right like i mean you there's like jeff is so good at at uh understanding and conveying you know the the advanced kind of different stuff with pitches and all that type of stuff yeah Uh, but i mean that's not like that's not for everyone you know not not everyone um can approach it that way and i think uh, the way that you break things down with the videos uh i think it's it's just very sort of user friendly and and uh easy to kind of access so uh keep it up man uh really appreciate you taking the time